Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is happening, everybody? We're taking you in nice and smooth here with uh, the sweet sounds of the piano playing in the background as we come in to the PGA TFS First Look Show for the Sony Open out on Oahu. And Jeff, nobody told us, but it's blue and white day as you and I are color-coordinated here on this Monday. Doesn't happen often, but here we are. No, man. I mean, obviously, uh, these weren't the official colors of the Sony Open. They are now, so... Um, you know, blue and white day, whatever. Wow. We really do look like just, I mean, like we got the same thing going on on the screen. Anyways, whatever. I mean, uh, good, to, good to be here. Your second leg. Hopefully you survived the tournament of champions. Uh, got my boy Harris English a win. Finally love to see it. Um, dude has just been on fire lately and, uh, pretty excited for the Sony open, man. Yeah. Yeah. He sure has. And for me, maybe that'll end the streak of, of losing a ton of money on Harris English. Maybe the win caps it off. Kind of like the Jason Kograk moment, if you will. And we'll get into Harris English and his aloha moment here in a second. But for all of those joining in, make sure you like and subscribe. So whenever Jeff and I come live, you're notified. Or whenever we come out with one of our weekly pieces of content on YouTube, make sure you're like and subscribe and you'll get notified right when we do. But let's go ahead and talk about English's aloha moment. It wasn't just his putter, which is kind of what he's been relying on. You and I have brought up a lot that he hasn't really gotten hot with a putter. He's just been incredibly consistent. And we saw it again this week. Granted, he putted well, but really he put the ball in play almost every single hole. His irons were crisp and shows you what a good iron player keeping the ball in play with a steady putter can do, especially at a course like Kapalua. He's just a good all-around player, quite frankly. His, his, his around-the-green game is, is very underrated. I mean, he doesn't just get the ball close he he's someone who can like legitimately make shots from off the green that's how that's how good he is um and i think it really showed there in kapalua i mean uh, you know with the wind everyone was going to miss a few greens and, and the bigger greens I, I think that uh that really played into it he even saw at the end i mean he got up and down on the last playoff hole um neiman didn't and that kind of ended up being the factor so yeah man i, I don't know I, again I, I didn't really profit much off it uh, I ended up getting a little bit of like each uh, an in-play bet on him, but like it really wasn't much. It was just more of like, it was more satisfaction for me because about about a year and a half ago this time, I, I was telling people like, look out, like Harris English is is figured it out off the tee. He's not, he's not losing three strokes off the tee anymore. He's someone who's talented enough to bounce back. So I, I just feel vindicated that he's finally, he's not just back. He's like at the, his highest world golf rank of the year of his life now. So it's kind of cool to see. Let's expand on a year and a half ago, even just a little bit further. He was playing in Corn Ferry Tour events in the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. And his ascent through this game has been nothing short of extraordinary, honestly, from where he was. Brendan Todd-like, almost, that Mm -hmm. we saw last year. So we've seen Brendan Todd do it. We saw Harris English do it. And And I asked Alex, Alex Osmo Baker, on Wednesday during our PGA DFS live before lock show. It was actually Thursday. We did a true live before lock. And I said, Alex, how do, how do we deal with players like this? That basically, if you look at their stats prior to 12 or 18 months ago, they look like a, a 200th person in the world golfer. Now they look like a top 20 golfer. How do we deal with that? So two part question. How do we deal with that one? And number two, who is this year's new Harris English? Who's going to come out of nowhere, find his game again, just like Brendan Todd did, just like Harris English did. So two part, different question. 
Yeah, I mean, the the who is going to be that the Harris English this year? I don't really have a good answer to that, uh, to, to be honest. I don't have anyone that's like, and, and look, we're only like one event into the year. and But yep. there was there's really no one sticking out in the fall season. Maybe that's that's partly COVID related, right? Like we haven't, we just haven't seen enough players. It was such a condensed schedule. But, you know, Kyle Stanley might be someone uh, who we saw pop up towards the end of last year. He kind of went cold for like an, an entire year. He, he's a player who's at times in his career has been, uh, very consistent, you know, almost won the Memorial that one year, almost took down a couple of really quality players. So that's one name that kind of would pop off to that question. And then um, what was the second part of it? <laughs> yeah, I know it was two very, very different questions. It but was. the first part of the question dealt with how do we. Oh, right. Yeah. How do we deal, deal with, it, yeah. with players that come out of nowhere and all of a sudden are top 24? Not just like, okay, they win like Robert Streb out of nowhere. No, they win and yeah. stay around or not even win, but they're staying around top 10s, top 15s almost every week. Yeah, no. And, and like, uh, you know, we're basically talking about like bounce back players here. And, and I think Stanley does kind of fit in that mold. So does. I think how you, how you deal with this, you really got to look at it like buying a stock you're 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 trying to buy the low you're trying to get in between before everybody gets in like yep. like last fall not everybody was in on harris english people were like okay he's playing a little bit better here maybe we'll maybe he's, he's okay as a dfs play but people weren't necessarily taking advantage of some bigger odds and stuff like that now it didn't necessarily work out that we got an outright win on him or anything but he was really consistent you could have smashed top 20s on him all year made a ton of money things like that right so I think just, uh, you know, in those situations, you have to take a little bit of risk. If, and the nice thing is you're buying low, right? Like, like Harris English's odds were in the plus 60, maybe a hundred range in a lot of those spots. So it's not like you were making big investments. You're not betting like Tony Finau at 20 to one every week. Right. So right. Um, that's how you deal with player like those. You take small investments and, and you just see what happens because if you get in there before that, that's when you can hit hundred to one winners on guys like that. If they do get that comeback win early, kind of like Brendan Todd did, Harris English and Brandon Todd started playing well at the same time. It's just Todd's wins came right off the bat. English's came right at the end of his run. So, yeah, another guy that that chat just brought up, Keegan Bradley. Uh, interesting name there, kind sure. of a player that sticks around, maybe has one good, but fits in this mold. It wouldn't surprise me at all to go out and see Keegan Bradley win this year, given the fact that Harris English and Brendan Todd uh, have both won. You know, kind of similar players broke through at a similar time in the game as well. So, let's talk about somebody that broke through way earlier than everybody maybe realized. It's not everybody, but some realize. And he's actually younger than Colin Morikawa, <laughs> Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, all the young guys on tour. This guy's younger than him. And it's Joaquin Neiman, Jeff. This guy continues to perform. He got COVID at the worst time possible, right during Masters Week, had to withdraw. But again, a second place finish at TOC. Maybe it's a course thing at Kapalua that he's real good at. But I'll tell you, this kid's got game. When he first came on tour, I think he had a big putting problem. That's solved. He wasn't as crisp with his irons. That looks totally solved. So where does he rank? Because this week, even as, as I look quickly, I know we're, we'll probably talk about him. But 28 to 1, I think, he's a, I think he's a better golfer than that, given the fact that this field isn't that top heavy with Patrick Reed and Victor Hobling having to withdraw. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, if, if – Look, I mean, I'm looking at a few books and like 28 to one is off the board with Neiman. But yeah, Neiman is a player right now. who, And I kind of knew this before last week. So maybe I'm kicking myself a little bit for just not using Neiman enough or even betting him more. But um, like Neiman is a player you should be you should be bumping up in, in your in your projections and, and just in your mind, like of what kind of player you think he is. Um, he very much is, it deserves to be involved in that, in that discussion of great young players. He doesn't have the major yet. We, we get it. That that's fine. You know, he doesn't have two wins like Hovland or anything, but man, he is right there. Like he is absolutely right there. And you're going to see more of this stuff from him. Um, uh, so yeah, absolutely. Look, if you, if, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the board right now, 28 to one, there's nobody really in that range. I would take over him. So again, if it's still out there, I'm not going to put anyone off him. I think this, this setup too, this week, kind of favors more of, of Neiman, you know, sharp irons on the small greens. Don't have to worry about these big driving holes as much, uh, but he's just become crisper in every part of the game. And like you said, he's still, he's so young. And I think that's kind of what kind of held my mind back from just thinking, okay, this is a really elite player um, just because of the youth. But the, like at this point, and this just goes to all golf. I think you just kind of got to throw age out the window. These guys are just getting better at a younger and younger age. So. Sure are. Yeah, and a um, couple of other notes uh, that we'll uh, cover uh, also in the next section, but a couple of other notes from the TOC. 
Uh, Xander Schauffele, while he may have not come in one it or come in second, he had another good week in terms of his points, showing that maybe COVID, you know, really not affecting these type of golfers. We re- we've only really seen one or two guys struggle coming back from it, but we've also seen Dustin Johnson go second and then win the Masters a week after it. So maybe I'm going to turn down my little if the golfer had COVID syndrome, turn that down a little bit because uh, it was my reason to fade Xander, and I'm okay with fading Xander, but in about scoring Patrick Cantlay by 25 points last week. Now, position-wise, I think he only beat him by four or five positions, but the 25 points was huge. They were only $200 in salary, and pretty much all of my shares in that range went to Cantlay instead of Shoffley. So I wanted to bring that note up uh, just as we go forward. But now I think that's a good lead-in uh, to our DFS review. And a little different this week, Jeff, instead of just throwing out the top point getters, I want to throw out the value as well because – Well, might as well just keep knocking myself when I'm down. Ryan Palmer, 20.2x on his return last week. He was the second highest owned golfer on the slate. Came in at 7K flat and scored 142 points. If you had none of him, basically like I did, it doesn't matter who else you had in your lineup, Jeff. You pretty much lost because he was so cheap. Oh, yeah, I know. And, and look, I guess maybe that's why we're wearing blue shirts, because we're sad because we didn't roster Ryan Palmer, because I'm in the exact same scenario. I had zero Ryan Palmer. I had uh, Ortiz in this range. I can't even remember who I pivoted to, because they, they pretty much just didn't do much. So they didn't, uh, they're not very memorable player plays. Um, but uh, yeah, that was it. You, you're, you're dead on. I mean, you either had Ryan Palmer this week, or you were, uh, you were scraping by for a mid-cash, praying to God, to get one lineup through. I mean, uh, I have Harris English lineup, so like barely scraped by just because they didn't have Ryan Palmer. So exactly. Um, no, he's chalky. He's over 26% owned in the, uh, the big, uh, the, the 600 K events. What can you do when a, when a seven K guy like that goes off, especially in a limited field event, you either got him or you don't. And, and that, that that's the beauty and the, and the, you know, the beast of the, these limited field events, man. I mean, it's, it's all or nothing. Palmer was definitely the play um, even more so probably than English. He absolutely had to have. Yeah, no doubt. I love the Disney reference with the Beauty and the Beast thing there. That was great. Thank you for that, Jeff. Appreciate uh, that reference. You can see on the screen, it didn't really matter who else you took as long as you had Ryan Palmer because almost every guy above 10K scored over 100 points. You see John Rahm there. Even Dustin Johnson, who was the worst in terms of value, still scored right at 100 points. Rahm at 106, DeChambeau 110, Xander 125, Justin Thomas 135. So like you just said, that's the Beauty and the Beast of these no-cut events where if all five, six of those guys above 10K get to play all four days, they're likely not going to be separated by that much. They're the best golfers in the world, especially at a course that's playing rather easy and is yielding a lot of birdies and eagles. So um, really tough week if you did fade the chalk and Ryan Palmer. Uh, in terms of ownership, pretty good advice uh, given this week by, by the community. Justin Thomas came in fourth. Ryan Palmer second, uh, seven other top 14s and five top 10s in terms of the chalk. But Jeff, as you'll see, there were still some big misses, including Hideki Matsuyama. He was in the top 10 owned. He came in 38th. And Carlos Ortiz, who was sixth highest owned, he came in 40th. So there was an opportunity to fade some chalk and still get an edge on the field this week. But also some of the chalk definitely hit as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was it was a it was a bit of a chalky week. I mean, uh, most of the guys up there had at least some ownership, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'd say the bigger disappointments were probably just the higher owned players, like or not the higher owned players, excuse me, the higher price players. I mean, uh, guys like Bryson and, and and Dustin, you you really needed them to 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 not just like come in top ten. You needed them to compete. They needed them to be top three, top yep. four. Uh, to really pay off. And it's kind of funny. We did see that happen last year. And this event has lent itself to like two, two or three of the top, like six players really competing for the win. And we had Thomas up there, but uh, we never really got those other guys in contention, just coming in a little bit, a little bit rustier than usual. Mainly I wouldn't, I wouldn't make anything of it. I still feel like this is an event where normally you're going to want to stack uh, at least two or three of the biggest names and just kind of go for value in a limited field event. But you know, this is just a, a, a year where, Palmer English, uh, the value plays really hit. Uh, if you mixed him in with like, uh, you know, a Sung Jay or, and, and, and use Thomas as your anchor, it paid off. But um, that, that was kind of the, uh, th- those guys ended up being kind of the bigger bust, even though it's not like they finished, like most of them didn't finish like terribly or anything. It's just um, from a, from a DraftKings standpoint, they didn't produce. I, I would say the biggest bust was definitely had to be, had to be Finao, right? Just for, oh, Finao and Matsuyama from. Actually, from the, the 
Yeah, they were both towards the bottom in terms of uh, value on the slate. The lowest value, I should say, or one of the lowest values out there was Victor Hovland. He only ended up with 86 and a half points and was 9,200. So by by pure looking at numbers values, he was actually worse than Tony Finau by, by a very, very slight margin just based on yeah. the salary. But um, yeah, a couple uh, of other notes. Actually, let's move on to our optimal lineup here. I think it'll give us a few other talking points. No surprise, you just said Justin Thomas, you know, he was contending for the most of the week. Obviously, he's going to be in the optimal. Then Harris English, no surprise. Joaquin Neiman, Sanjay Im, Ryan Palmer, and Michael Thompson round out the optimal. Michael Thompson, obviously there as the biggest surprise. 21 birdies, two eagles, and had a couple of birdie streaks in there. He was ultimately the play of the slate. Granted, Ryan Palmer was the chalk. You needed him. But if you found yourself to Michael Thompson and Ryan Palmer... You were so far ahead of the crowd, given the rest of your salary that you had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting because I actually did use some Michael Thompson. Like I said, it didn't end up mattering for me, but um, I, I do like I his, his um, I do like his potential in events and, and in courses like this because he's just a good putter. Uh, and, and again, he doesn't do anything off the tee. He's he's pretty much terrible for a PGA pro off the tee, but. Um, again, it's a big wide open course. It, it, it wasn't going to handicap him as much. If he gets hot with his irons and putter, which he did, he gained like six strokes putting that, That's what he does though. Um, he's going to make a ton of birdies. So I thought he was a good value target at 6,500 mainly, yep. uh, this week. Um, so the, you know, not overly shocking. It, I mean, it obviously worked out. Uh, we'll see if he can do it two weeks in a row. He might trap some people. Uh, he might trap me try, trying to try to get the same thing two weeks in a row, but, Jason, yep. uh, I definitely didn't mind that play at all. Um, obviously, uh, you needed, you know, you need to kind of pair him with Palm or anything. I, I think the other one in this optimal lineup that that I really like, and and the play, I was surprised that more people weren't really building him up with Sunjay M. Yeah, agreed, man. Like like Sunjay is another player. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know I talked about Neiman, but like both these players, like Sanjay is, is, he's on the verge of breaking through to, to sure. just complete elite status. In my opinion, you saw him out there. He, he looks bigger, stronger. He's hitting the ball further off the tee. It kind of started at the end of last year, but he just looks ready, man. He doesn't look quite as soft as, as he used to like that soft kind of baby face. It's kind of fading away. I, I think Sanjay's in for a big 2021. Yeah. He's got a lot riding on, especially um, on the Olympics. Olympics you know, right? yeah. we, we need him to get sure. a medal. We, we don't want to see another one of these yeah. rising stars in the game have to go oh, away to military service. Not, no, Jason, you probably know yeah. this. If he wins a major, does he get away from the South Korean military? Set? No, it's they, just they've, medal, eh? they've talked about wanting to do that because it is the pinnacle of the sport, but they haven't yeah. said yes to it. Now, if yeah. Sung JM becomes the first major winner from South Korea, right. I wouldn't be surprised to hear Got the it, president man. come out and say, we're going to let him just play golf. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I think he's going to get a, a, an Olympic medal anyways. I just think it's going to happen. Like you, Sung J.M., man, uh, we, we are in a great spot as fans of golf. Sung J.M., Joaquin Neiman, and we haven't even mentioned the American stars that are all young. Yeah. So what, exactly. what a great spot. Sung J.M. again in the field this week. Love him a lot. As we switch over to the top GPP lineup, Michael Thompson was in it. Sanjay Im wasn't. That's the only difference between the optimal and the winning lineup. The winning lineup had Colin Morikawa over Sanjay Im. Im outscored him by 11 points. But still, M.Bosch4 was able to win 200000 a unique lineup with 120% total ownership. But, Jeff, you know what it had? It had a 3.7% on Michael Thompson. That, that's how you differentiate in a contest like this. You need to yeah. take those gambles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I, look, I'm, I'm not going to make it like, oh, I'm shocked people didn't like go all in on Michael Thompson. Thompson right. I am kind of surprised though, like 3.7%. We're only talking about a 40, 42 man field, right? Like, you know, surprised a little bit more people didn't be like, hey, hey, let's pivot to Michael Thompson. He at least got over 5%. That, that's a great play, in my opinion. Um, was a great pivot. Like I said, it just, I just feel like it, at these setups too, where there's a little bit more scoring, it's easy off the tee. And that's where you would take a Michael Thompson to, to kind of have a good week with the putter. So congrats to this dude. I love this lineup. 
Um, didn't use my guy, Sanjay, but I mean, at the same time, he would have to leave a bunch of money on the table so you can understand why. But getting on Neiman, using, the, using Palmer, anchoring JT. Yeah, I mean, it looks like one of those lineups, Jason, where you're like, why didn't I just make this lineup? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is. And it actually, looks very easy to get to, I guess, is my opinion, especially someone who, who actually used Michael Thompson this week. Uh, I'm a little disappointed I didn't come close to this. So It's always the Monday morning quarterback, right? And, uh, oh, speaking of, sorry, speaking of major winners, Sung JM it wouldn't be the first South Korean winner. How can I forget Y.E. Yang actually Thanks. beat Tiger Woods and – and Jeff, how can I forget? Because he's in this field this week. Believe it or not, he's a sponsor invite in it to the Sony Open. So why Yang? I apologize there, Mr. Yang. If you are watching here, you definitely won a major. And it was a, actually a really fun one uh, to beat Tiger Woods there down the stretch. But he, even beating Tiger Woods, Jeff, did not get the, whatever they would call it, Medal of Freedom or not having to, you know, do military service. Regardless, Sung J.M., Going to win a medal this year, gold medal, hopefully. Um, in any case, let's go into our pro review and let's see if some of our favorite pros avoided the chalk this week as we go over to Alex Osmo Baker, our own. He went to Dustin Johnson up top. 53% of his lineups had him in there. I like the ownership allocation in terms of uh, an event like this. He used 38 of 42 golfers. No surprise there. He went to Jason Kokrak 43% of the time. Tony Finau, 40 Carlos Ortiz, 35. He told me he was going to play a lot of Richie Wierenski. And actually, Jeff, Richie Wierenski ended up being a really good value. In fact, he was the fourth best value on the board, coming in at flat min price, putting up 94.5 points. It's a 15x value. That's incredibly good. Um, but sadly, with the Carlos Ortiz and Tony Finau, that hurt him a little bit. Bryson Shambo, 31. Rom and Scott, 30. Justin Thomas, 29. Palmer matching the field at 28. The Matsuyama chalk, that was tough to miss, 28%, and Lanto Griffin as well. So having Matsuyama, Ortiz, and Finau as three of his top 10 owned, it's going to be a tough week for our, our buddy Alex there. Um, but I like the old allocation percentages. I think he hit those on the, on the button. Just didn't play the right players. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, it, it's just so all or nothing with, with yep. the, uh, no the limited field events, right? Yep. I mean, it is – Really, you just got to you got to take it with uh, you know a, a little bit of a grain of salt. I mean, seeing Finau and, and Matsuyama bust is, is a little bit surprising to me, but um, you know, I think this is a week where it's more of, or that it was a week, excuse me, where it's more of just you know, you, you make your allocations right, and then you go from there. I mean, going over fifty percent, Dustin Johnson, that's fine. Yeah, it, it, I don't. I never have that much to say about these limited field events because it is. It is just all or nothing. It's like you either did it or you didn't. So he did get some. He get, look, he got the use the Palmer value, which was, which was smart, obviously. Um, and I, I like how he spread at the top. He had obviously Rom and, and Bryson exposure too, which I really like Rom. Like uh, so, again, I can't say I'm not gonna. I can't say anything bad about these guys. I think Wierenski was a was a pretty sharp player. Thirty thirty two percent. He obviously felt that too. So. That, that's definitely like the most surprising thing about his ownerships. Yeah. Um, Mackenzie Hughes at 35% as we swing down to mine, I had him at 30% as well. So he ended up being last place in terms of DraftKings points. Came in 42nd, scoring only 63 and a half, but because he was 6,800, that really crushed both Alex and I not being able to either go get Lanto Griffin who put up a hundred points for a hundred dollars more, or even going to Stuart sink who was a hundred dollars less. And, you know, Stuart Sink, he didn't have a great week by any stretch, but he still put up 84 points. That's 21 more points. And as you'll see with my lineup, I would have been a lot better than, than what I had. So um, it, it definitely mattered. Uh, I was able to find Justin Thomas. As I mentioned, he was going to be my top play up on that range. So that I was correct on Jason Kokrak wasn't bad, but I also ate Matsuyama and Finau chalk uh, Rama DeChambeau. I played over Shoffle. That didn't work out. Stuart Sink, not my, not a bad overweight. Obviously, Wierenski and Thompson were the two to go to down here. Stuart Sink wasn't bad, but uh, again, not happy with my Neiman exposure. I looked back on it and was definitely under what I wanted to. I want him in about 20 and I got him 10. That was the big difference, I think, in my results. And they were pretty terrible. I think, you know, I had 150 in and I think maybe I had like 38 cash, something like that. Um but that's what happens when you go underweight Palmer in English and you don't have Neiman to back it up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, your, your ownership's looking a little bit similar, more similar to mine too. I had uh, overweight Cantley, just again, trying to get off the, the standard chalk. We've got lower ownership. So I, I don't, I don't hate that play. He was, he was, uh, he was close. I mean, to, to paying off. I mean, if he had one 
one big round on Sunday, he would have been right there, just kind of like, you know, Sungjae was and put up a good week. So uh, that, that that's like the least disappointing of anything. I, I also had Mackenzie Hughes exposure. He was an absolute killer this week. Every time I looked, I'm like, how are you even par through 15 holes? <laughs> like it's everyone else just running. So yeah, the Hughes thing was killer. I guess he's finally just, you know, people like us just, you know, skeptical. The guy's doing it all with the putt and then we finally get on him and it's like, yeah, this is what happens. It's what we get. But um, no, yeah, uh, I, I definitely, I, I, my, my allocations were very similar to yours, to be honest, on a lot of players, Matsuyama, Finau, um, Cantley, like I said, I was, I was well overweight. So I, I we had probably a similar week. <laughs> yeah, and, and I can tell you uh, just quickly, uh, I didn't include the screenshot, but our, our guy Brick75, the one we always review here, he also right. had Mackenzie Hughes over 25% in his top core. So it, I don't feel that bad about it, but looking back, it's like I probably should have spread that be with the guys below 7K because it's likely when you look at all those names like Mackenzie Hughes, Stuart Sink, Robert Streb, Andrew Landry, in a given week – they're all likely going to win once and lose once, right? Just because they are the highest variance players in that range. So, you know, uh, not having more Neiman and not spreading my Mackenzie Hughes ownership was, was definitely my two uh, pitfalls of the week to win last week. If you were MME, obviously if you were all in English and, and Palmer, you were above the curve, but nobody that I saw uh, MME did that. In fact, uh, the top one, which was done by Wog show uh, he had to have 52% Thomas, 40% English, 40% Shoffley, 30% Palmer, uh, and 25% Neiman. So that's how that's how you got it done. Obviously, make it 150, you got a chance. We have all three of those guys. Now let's go to our lineup review, and we'll talk about mine first here. And it was pretty obvious, Jeff, that I was going to take Patrick Cantlay after you and I talked. Pretty obvious we are going to take Colin Morikawa as well if you would uh, – uh, followed my content for the week. Uh, I decided to get Cam Champ in there, which pushed me down to Robert Streb. The four guys I just mentioned you were totally fine. Obviously, Neiman I got to. He was fine. Victor Hovland was my biggest miss. 9,200 and didn't even put up 90 points. Had a terrible Sunday. Shot over par. He's the reason I didn't cash, in my opinion. If I had gone to pretty much anybody else above 8,800, I think I would have slid into a, a min cash. Not that it would have anything good, but he is the reason I believe uh, the lineup uh, failed to cash last week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hovland's production, just in this event, obviously, and it really can't. We got a bad Sunday from Canway too. So awful. And um, Morikawa and Hovland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you. This actually outside of Neiman, you're everybody else. You got the nine under from Neiman, and then everyone else was like probably even or something. <laughs> so you definitely had the Sunday run bads there. Um, but yeah. It, the, the champ was a little bit disappointing too. I was expecting more from him. So I guess just add him to the bag of value plays. Um, I do feel like champ in the long run at this, at this course is, is going to be someone you're, you're going to want to chase. But uh, this year, obviously, um, you know, we saw a couple guys get hot with their putter and, and uh, a lot of these ball strikers just didn't heat up at all. So um, yeah. What what made you go Streb? Did anything make you go Streb over like Wierenski or any of the other guys? Or was it kind of just like he popped into this one just kind of randomly? Or? Yeah, so late I had Patrick Reed um, and uh, Kevin Kisner in there. And then I'm like, nah, I don't really like Kisner enough. I'm going to go for, to Hovland and spend the extra 400 and get Neiman. So that was a good switch. The thing is, is I always had a mid-price guy in there. And right. my Streb versus Wierenski was... Streb came in, you know, 10th place here 28 years ago, which ended up not mattering. After day one, I looked like the smartest person in the room. Oh, I was sure. yeah, I was leading the $10 GPP after round two. That's why you never look ever in no-cut events until Sunday at basically when the leaders are on the 15th hole. You can kind of decide if you're going to have a chance or not. But, uh, yeah, I think really what it was was I always going to have a min-price guy. I picked the wrong one. Um I shouldn't have spent all that money, you know, uh, on Hovland and should have split it between the two. That's kind of what I went. But it was always going to be a min-price guy if I'm okay with it and a no-cut. Probably not going to use that strategy anymore because it didn't really pan out for me. I think the variability, as we just talked about, a little too high. So um, certainly a little bit of a lesson learned there. How about you, though, as we shift over to your lineup? Uh, you, however, were able to sneak into the min-cash. We like that. You had Cantlay up top. You went to English instead of Morikawa. That was 35 points, so that worked out for you. A great balance bill going Burger and M. 
you and I talked about how strong we felt that 8K range ended up being, and it was. You really couldn't go wrong in too many places. Even Abraham Answer put up over 100 points and was chalky. You went to Sergio, driver of the golf ball, and your one miss was Mackenzie Hughes had you gone to Lanto Griffin there. Man, this would have been, uh, if you've gone to Lanto Griffin or even Stuart Scott, Stuart Sinks, not Stuart Scott, sorry. Stuart Scott, rest in peace, uh, one of the best there is. Um, but Stuart Sink, however, um, even if you'd gone to him, it looks like this lineup would have would have given you some decent money back. Still min cash for you. Yeah, no. The, so this one, it, it ended up being like Cantlay, uh, Berger, M were kind of all in my cores. Sergio and, and uh, English were more just kind of like, you know, spread them in kind of place. So it just ended up falling in in a pretty good spot that both of them ended up being in it. Um, again, you're right. Like I like that AK range. Unfortunately, I didn't include Neiman in it. And then for value again, I, I was looking at guys like Lanto or Ortiz or Mackenzie Hughes. Oh God, such a I just can't get over his score this week, but, uh, well, or seven strokes putting, right? Yeah. Yeah. In that range over Palmer. So, um, the, the real shift would have been if I could have gotten on Palmer, uh, in this one. And then obviously, um, you know, maybe, maybe somehow gotten, uh, I was never getting off Cantley. So re- realistically just, just switching Palmer was, or switching Mahues was the biggest thing, but yeah, you know, Berger, Cantley and, um, and M were definitely in my core. Pleased with, uh, please, especially with M again, uh, like 8,200. I just feel like. At 15% own in a no cut. That's it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. If we, if you keep getting guys like Neiman and him, you just got to keep pounding it this year. Th- those are two guys you should be again, very, very aware of uh, that, that they're, they're about ready to take leaps up here, in my opinion. Well, it's a great segue because Im and Neiman are both well above 9,500 even this week, looking quickly. As we transition to the Sony Open, and chat about that for a bit. But before we do, I want to draw you guys' attention to the giveaway we got going on today. You're going to check out the pinned tweet on Osmo underscore com to enter our NBA giveaway to win a year of Osmo plus NBA. Just follow the instructions on the tweet and predict whether Damian Lillard or Fred Van Fleet will score more points tonight. One random winner will be selected among the correct guesses. Be sure to check out our giveaway on the Osmo Instagram handle as well for a chance to win a free month of Osmo plus platinum. Good luck. And I know my buddy Emac, who I'm sure is tuning in right now, is going to be picking Fred Van Fleet. And I'm not going to go against him here. I'm just not going to go against my buddy Emac. I'm picking Van Fleet as well. So go ahead and get those answers in. But, Jeff, we're going to go across the islands, over to Oahu, and go down to Waikiki Beach, make a right up to Diamond Head, and we're going to land right on a country club and listen there's a lot of different ways i've heard pronounce this and this happens a lot with hawaiian named things how would you like me to pronounce it or how are you pronouncing it i should say oh you mean wahile yeah I know, sure I know. dude i have I, I am like the worst person to ask for pronunciations wahile sounds about right to me but my god if there's someone hawaiian out there listening i have i'm sorry like it's probably not right so um, yeah, I have no idea, man. <laughs> yeah, it, um, I can tell you it. If you want to add the extra syllable, which sometimes Hawaiians do, the Wailei Lea Country Club. So there's like kind of two okay. at the end of it. Anyways, besides how we're going to pronounce it, we can tell you a lot about it. That's for sure. We've had a tournament here since the mid 60s. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Basically, it's, it's really withstood the test of time. A par 70. Under 7,100 yards, and yet still they come back here each and every year. A wide range of scores, too. Last year was really difficult. The conditions both on Maui and then on Oahu the next week were very blustery. 
We don't have that this week, at least early on. You know, I'm trying to be a weatherman and a golf tout. Those are just incredible. I can't believe I'm trying to do this. But um, four days before, we're not expected to have any weather, so it's going to make scoring conditions easy. I expect the winner maybe even to approach 20 under this week. But, Jeff, the fairways were really hard to hit last year, only 56%, but still 70% of the greens are right around 69%. So with little to no wins, do you think those numbers even go up? It's going to make the course play easier. Yeah, they, they could go. I mean, the, the greens could be a little bit firmer. So you might see the the greens and regular, like, like you could see maybe even the greens and regulations go down a little bit, but the scoring goes, you know, gets better. Uh, like I could see that just because last year was soggy. I think, I think last year, the biggest issue the players had might've been that the rough was a little wet and the course was actually playing a little bit longer than normal. So yep. Um, I don't think you're going to have that issue. There's no real, no, really no rain until Sunday in the forecast. So maybe Sunday gets a little bit bad and you see like a, a higher scoring round on Sunday, but I'm expecting probably get to at least 18 or 20 under par. I don't see anything that's going to like cause what we saw last year where it was wet. It was kind of like weird and there were stoppages and you ended up with like 11 under par. So this has traditionally been a pretty big birdie fest. Yep. Kind of like expect similar to what we saw at like the RBC Heritage, Heritage last year where the guys got to like 20 under um, someone's just going to come in start firing with their putter and irons and, and just take this part course uh, a little bit apart, kind of like Webb and, and answer did last year to Hilton Ed. So that's what I'd be looking at, but yeah, it is, um, it is a, a fair, like you're not going to hit many fairways. I mean, 52, 55%, you know, kind of field average most years placement. You don't have to worry about power. Um, guys have lost strokes off the tee here, multiple strokes off the tee here and still won. And uh, if you get hot with your irons and putter, I mean, that, that that's what you need. Look, I mean, Cam Smith lost strokes with his irons here and still won last year. But again, a bit of an anomaly. I wouldn't expect that to happen again if the conditions are good. Yeah, strongest field we've ever had here as well, or at least uh, in recent memory. Uh, we've got two in the top 10. Uh, even with Reed and Hovland dropping out, we still have over 20 of the top 50 in the world ranking here. Um, so a really strong field. I think that will obviously push the winning score back up a little bit higher too. Bookend par fives on each side, nine and 18. Those are going to be the two easiest holes. You have 40% of the DraftKings scoring on a daily and weekly basis are going to come from those two holes alone. But I think this year, like you said, with the, with the weather down, I think like hole 10, a couple of other par fours will creep up there and be pretty easy, but you've got to make birdies on those two par fives. Are you going to be really behind the eight ball? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, especially that one that comes first, um, like you said, like the because uh, it, it's is it eighteen and nine that are the par fives, or is it just yeah nine and eighteen? Yep, yeah, nine and eighteen. Par yep. I knew eighteen was one of them. I just couldn't remember if the other one was nine. But yeah, that's the way that's the way they have them spread out. So uh, nine especially is like just a must birdie. Um, eighteen can get a little tricky because it's got a bit of a dog leg. But those those two holes, like if your guy is shooting even par you know, you're, you're probably clenching, uh, cause it's not a good round, but the, some of the par fours, they, they can, they can get, uh, they can get hot on as well. So again, if your guys striking it well from, uh, from the fairway, I mean, you're, you're going to get a lot of birdie chances around here. So I think the other biggest thing is, um, can your player figure out the greens a little bit slower generally? And, and it gives players some problems. These greens sometimes, um, they can also light them up if, if they get the pace right quickly. So like Matt Kuchar plus seven, uh, strokes putting uh, Cam Smith plus uh, eight strokes putting a um, couple other like really phenomenal performances like that on the greens. So um, it, it's a bit of a guessing game from that perspective of the Sony open, but at the same time, we generally get like a really good just group of guys who come here and play well every year. Uh, it's one of those ones where I don't mind waiting course history a little bit, especially if it's mixed with a, a lot, a little bit of recent form. Uh, I'll wait it more than normal here because it's just every year. I mean, Charles Howell III is just, this is just like an ATM for him. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, I, I've uh, talked to a few people about Charles Howell in the past, and, and it's pretty much uh, pretty much before the Masters, you just play the guy. Like, in pretty much wherever he is, at least in the past, guy has really been an ATM machine his entire career, just makes so many cuts. Makes so much money. So a uh, great segue into our first clicks because maybe he will be um, uh, be on one of those. But for me, as we start kind of at the top of the border and make our way down, sure, we've got a guy named Webb Simpson. No surprise. He's the odds-on favorite this week, or odds favorite, I should say, not odds-on, just odds favorite. Harris English. Odds makers aren't messing around with him again, not trying to get beat at 30 or 40 to 1 like they did last week. He's 13 to 1 to go back-to-back. We've seen people do it before. Uh, Justin Thomas did it a couple of years ago. So keep that in mind. But the first guy I clicked 
who looked pretty good last week, but his putter abandoned him over the weekend, but his ball striking looked good. And this is a guy that really, I don't play all that often, but at 15 to one in this field with no huge top end talent, clicking Daniel Berger's name is one of my first clicks. Why am I clicking him over Colin Morikawa? Well, it's really simple, Jeff. Colin Morikawa was 30 to one last week or even 35 to one in some places. Berger was in the twenties. So I guess I'm, I'm more likely to pay for Berger at this price. But of course, of course, I like Colin Morikawa. He's one of my favorite players. But up at the top, Berger was my first one. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely down with that. Um, and just just so people know, too, like um, Patrick Reed withdrew, right? So yes. um, you're gonna, you, yep. there's been odds movements. Like, I'm just looking at the odds boards right now. I think Berger was probably available at 20 to 1 earlier in the morning. But when Reed withdraws one of the top players, it's going to bring down the odds on everyone else. So Berger, right now, I think realistically, you if you can get him uh, like what, like 15 to 1 or better, I think that's fine. Uh, I didn't see an 18 to ones out there. I'm, I'm in on that. I will be in on that. Um, my first click wasn't burger. It was a guy right next to him though. And Sung JM, he was out there at uh, plus 2200 for me this morning. That was like, I happily take that on Sung JM here. He's played here a couple times, loves the Bermuda greens, pretty much a similar story to burger. Even struck the web, the ball better than burger last week, uh, first in strokes gained T to green, but he lost like three strokes putting. To lose three strokes putting and finish T5, man, like I said, I think Sun JM is going to hit another level here this year. I'm down with Berger, though. I love this track for him. Par 70, Daniel Berger, Bermuda Greens, absolutely. Those would be the two guys I'd hit up as well. You're getting a little bit better odds on him than, like you said, Morikawa. Um, I prefer slightly M over Berger, but it, it's really close between those two. Well, you're getting five to one more on Sanjay, so I think it makes sense, given looking at last week's yeah. stats. It, it, I- yeah, that I think your one isn't available anymore. But uh, yep. you know, the like you said, you could still probably get him a little, maybe a little bit better odds than Berger. Yeah, I'm seeing twenty to one at on DraftKings uh, sportsbook right now, cool. and yeah. also a perfect opportunity to tell you guys about Odd Shopper if you are and should be shopping around for the best uh, line. Don't make a bet without shopping for the best odds first uh, with our Odd Shopper tool. Betting lines change by the minute, as we already told you. Jeff had some jam at 22 to 1 this morning, so it can vary greatly. Also, depending on the book which you are using, that's why it's important to use our Osmo Odd Shopper to find the best line available on the game you are betting on and give you that edge you need to beat the house. So head on over to oddshopper.osmo.com where you can compile the best bets available for every free game updated in real time. Sign up for free today and track your bets and receive alerts when lines move. So really cool tool. We just also pushed an update to it as well. So check it out if you haven't in the last couple of weeks. But the second guy, as we move down and using the Odds Shopper tool, the best line that I can see right now, I haven't pressed refresh in a couple of minutes. It's 28 to one on Joaquin Neiman. Again, like I just said, we've seen guys. And in fact, you told me, I think uh, once before that something like eight of the last nine winners from the Sony open has played in Maui the week before. So Joaquin Neiman would certainly fit that bill. And at 28 to one, don't you put his uh, level of competition right along the lines of Sung JM? We're getting eight to one better. Yep. If you can still get 28 to one on Neiman, I, I would say that's even a better value than, than, uh, than him for sure. Actually, since we're talking about trends, yeah, that, that Sony open to uh, Maui trend is really, is really good. Cam Smith broke that trend last year, but you also got to take into account Cam Smith was playing the president's cup. So he wasn't exactly coming in cold either. Exactly. Like Great in recent point. form, here's a, here's an interesting stat, Jason, each of the last nine winners of the Sony open has had a T six or better finish in one of their last three starts. So you include the tournament of champions in that, but that's just everybody. So they've had a, a, like Cam Smith was a T3 at CJ cup last year. So it gives you an idea. Like you don't, don't stray too far off the recent form path here. I know course history is a thing and I'm not saying you only have to bet people who played last week, but make sure that if you're betting someone who didn't play last week, they did something in the fall because that has Mm -hmm. been a pretty sick trend. T6 or better in one of their last three starts. That's each of the last nine winners here. So um, I'm down with Neiman. I, I agree. If he's still out there at 28 to one, um, I, I'd have no problem with that. I am thinking, and I'm probably going to hit this. I'm probably going to bet Zach Johnson this week. Um, like, like the way he finished uh, the year. It, it just, just feels like a veteran guy, like maybe like Matt Kuchar here a couple of years where I feel like Zach Johnson probably going to pick up at least one more win in his career. I think he's still young enough. Uh, I think he's playing a little bit better, probably wants that one more career win. It's going to come at a place like this if it does. So I think 40 to one is, is fair enough for me. Again, I haven't hit it yet. So don't quote like, you know, but I'm, I'm just suggesting 40 to one, I think is, is, is fair enough to, to do it. 
Yeah, I, honestly, I think it's a, a great call uh, that I, I do expect him to win, you know, at least one more time. He had a bit of a career resurgence. In fact, he doesn't fall too far out of the line of Brendan Todd and Harris English that you sure. and I have been talking about so much during the show. You know, maybe he's a little older than those guys, but he definitely went through a period of one or two years where he was having to use his like, I don't know if it was a career money exemption. It yeah. might have been. But he was certainly using an exemption rather than actually just getting into the field. Now, we had a good year last year, good enough, where that's not the case anymore. Kind of similar to like what we saw with Harris English. So maybe a breakthrough, not a bad call there. Guy that I just mentioned, though, that I saw play pretty well last week. I think better than what I saw out of Adam Scott. Maybe not as good as what I saw out of Billy Horschel, who's at 35 to 1. But this guy's 20 more to 1 to win than Billy Horschel. And it's Brendan Todd, 55 to 1. I mean, sure, maybe I don't think he's going to win, but 5-1 to one on the top 10 after a pretty good week last week. And I think you and I would both agree this course fits him better than last week. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, definitely. It, it's kind of like the um, – well, it's kind of like that for a, lot, a few players, I think. I mean, the, the Sony Open really does uh, – you know, I, I, it's, it's a real stylistic course where guys like Webb Simpson just can, can eat it up. And and Brendan Todd is, is very much in the same boat. Um the, the strokes gained off the T issue isn't going to be as big a deal for him. Um, he, he looked pretty good. And, and like, uh, mm-hmm. I know we talked about this last week, but like he, he seemed to get over his whatever issue it was. I think it was a toe issue. T8 at OHL Classic coming in. So, yeah, um, Brendan Todd, uh, I agree. I mean, that definitely stuck out as well. Maybe the only reason I, I didn't bring up Brendan Todd is I just can't fathom Brendan Todd winning like three times in like less than two years. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen at a course like this. So um, I, don't, I don't hate those odds either. 150 to 1 for one of the best uh, values on the board last week. We talked about him already, Richie Wierenski. He was my next first click because everything looks like it's in pretty good stats. And he focuses more on accuracy than he does distance, which has prevailed here more often than it hasn't. Obviously, Justin Thomas kicks that trend. Don't don't yell at me here, Chad. I know that (laughs) Thomas is really relying on distance, but... For the most part, Matt Kuchers, you know, of the world, Zach Johnson's of the world, you know, of one here. I guess maybe both. But um, Richie Wierenski, 150 to 1 seems like pretty good value, 11 to 1 on the top 10. Yeah, I, I like Richie Wierenski. He's, he's a real grinder, too. Like, uh, he's a guy who can make a lot of birdies. So I, I think, and I think like Todd, this is just a, a better, going to be a better setup for him to have, like, yeah. you know, challenge more for the title. Um, it, it, was, it was a tough spot last week, not just against the elite field, but. Um, so I, I can't hate that as well. I was kind of thinking about Michael Thompson in that same range, but I think I'd rather take Wierenski if I was going to go for one of those guys, you know, again, playing the trend, which I really don't mind this week. I mean, you know, some of these trends are kind of a little ridiculous, but when you think about it, like just playing the warm up event in the same climate, it, it just makes, it's just competitive thing, right? Like yep. just a little bit sharper. So I, I think Wierenski at 150 is definitely worth it. Um, my kind of longer bomb is going to be Cal Stanley. Um, I already talked about him a little bit veteran player. I think, you know, we've seen elite play from him before and look him and Zach Johnson, like T sixes at the RSM classic. That that's, again, you want to see that kind of fall form in my opinion, coming into this event, if you're going to take a shot, Kyle Sands played this event a lot too. So um, I think 125 to one is more than fair for a guy who can really light it up with his irons. The putter is is going to be whatever the putter. You'll know early if Kyle Stanley is on with his putter because he'll either be minus one after 18 holes or like minus six. So um, but, uh, I, I, I like those odds. I, I think it's a really good setup for him. Sea Island may be on the Atlantic um, and Wailea may be on the Pacific, uh, but I, I wouldn't be lying or telling you an incorrect statement by saying that they're both seaside courses. Now, granted, 17 actually really butts right up to the ocean here. Really creates some cool views uh, at, at Wailea this week. But um, both of those guys played well at the RSM Classic. I, I wouldn't yeah. hate to think that even OHL Mayakoba, El Chameleon being somewhat of a comparable course, uh, given the fact that uh, they all have to be built relatively similar around the beach. You know, there's only a certain amount of grass types that can grow around this area, these areas. So, um, I think there are some similarities, not exact similarities, but um, okay. Two more in this range. One is a play of a guy that uh, may not be perfect fit for this course, but a guy with the same first name did win it last year with oh, a similar type to. game. Oh, you're going to from Australia as well. Cam Davis, one thirty-five to one. Now he went through a period of 
what I thought was a good maturation onto the PGA Tour. We know this kid's got talent, hasn't quite manifested, but I think last year at the end of the year, Jeff, it did. And I think those are pretty good odds, 11 to 1 on the top 10. Um, I'll give you a second to talk about uh, Davis, but I'll also throw at you a trend that I'm going to do, and it's these young stud golfers that we don't know much about yet. So not Morikawa, not him. I'm talking about Takumi Kanaya. This guy was yeah. one of the top-rated amateurs in the world, turned pro in October, and has risen to all the way to 121st in the world. He's 14 to 1 on a top 10, which would earn him another start. I think those are the type of bets I'm going to do uh, with these type of guys like Akshay Bhatia, Takumi Kanaya. I'm not going to bet them to win because I don't think they're good enough to win yet. But top 10, yeah, I think they all can. They all have the ability to do it. I'm pretty interested in this Kanaya guy. I'm, I'm usually the guy who throws cold waters on, on these young guys. I'm like, just wait, you know, like yeah, the old guys. Bet the old guys, right? That's usually me. I'm pretty interested in this dude. He's won twice already on the Japanese tour, won the Dunlop Phoenix which is like an international event. Um, I know, I know it's, we're talking lifting levels of competition. This dude was number one amateur for 55 weeks. I might bet him out right here. Honestly, I might. Um, at the very least, I'm going to get some exposure. Like you said, I like the top 10. I absolutely agree. That's a good price. And I, I think you can bet him top 10. I don't think you need to like be scared with this guy. He's, 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 the thing is he's got the pro experience. I love it. Um, if he if he is as anything as good as advertised, I think he could hit the ground running. It's a really good event too for for guys who've come in. We've seen yeah. some of the the Asian and Japanese players have success here. So um, I'm down a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm down with Kanai here, hundred um, um, percent. Again, I haven't quite figured out if I'm like how I'm going to bet him. I'll probably just take the hundred to one and bet him like each way because I can get like a, a T8 each way, yep. which is great. Uh, but um, that, that'll definitely be on my list. I like the Cam Davis call too. He was the other guy I was going to bring up with Stanley. I think Cam Davis is just like a, he's turning into more of an all around player too, rather than just a pure bomber. He's still got the distance, exactly. but he can, he can get hot with the butter and stuff too. So definitely a player I expect to break through at some time. I like all those calls. Um, those, that's where I'm looking. And I think it really is kind of a week more where you take, when you're building out a betting card, you take a couple guys from the top, and you sprinkle in some some long shots because you know we got M Burger coming off good weeks. Maybe you take one guy from the mid range and then you sprinkle a couple of these hundred guys. And and I think it's a good one to do that because we got some course history can go off and, and trends and stuff like that. So comparing DraftKings salary to uh, odds real quickly before we just move into DraftKings guy that came in second here last year, pretty much out of nowhere, who used to be a DFS darling a couple of years ago, especially in this fall swing winning the Safeway a couple of times. It's Brendan Steele, 225 to one to win. He's the same odds as Brian Gay, who I have a little bit of interest in, given the fact that he just win Bermuda and another seaside course. Um, again, I don't think this course sets up as well for him as maybe Bermuda did. But back to Brendan Steele for a second, 225 to one, but he's 7,100 on DraftKings. I think that might be a little expensive given who he's around. But when I move to the odds, it looks like it's an okay value, especially given the fact that he has some good feels around here. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, you, I don't mind that, that play. I mean, you're, you're playing a, a course history, a guy who obviously, uh, you know, probably, he probably should have won here last year. I mean, yeah. he, he not should, he, should. He, definitely he definitely should have. Should. He blew the last hole completely, mm-hmm. uh, made one of the most ridiculous approach shots from where he was in the middle of the fairway. That I've ever seen from a pro golfer in the lead. Honestly, yeah, he, it was, he actually should have lost in regulation because his approach was so bad. It should have been like an LB, but, uh, yeah, he, he got so lucky on a ruling. I remember he that. Really he really did. So lucky. Yeah, he Anyways. really did. So, um, but I agree. Like, um, I think just throwing a, a like making a small investment on the odds there for like a top ten or, or a, a each way or something makes sense. I don't. Brandon Steele's not a guy I generally play unless he's just being really consistent, and I just want to use him as like a a cash game or someone just with a low floor. But um, yeah, I, I think I'd ignore, I think I wouldn't be as inclined to use him in DFS as just a, uh, an outright bet. That way, if he does come in and he just lights it up again, because of course history just feels good or, or um, you know, you, you got some exposure there and you don't have to worry about uh, him blowing up for, for DFS. Speaking of DFS, uh, I want to thank DraftKings for maybe one of the first times at waiting to put out their salaries as we had two of the top players that were scheduled to play in this drop out. And by waiting, they didn't put him in the salary field, which is great. It looks like, again, first look, they gave us some really quality salaries this week. They put Ryan Palmer at 9,200. Yes, thank goodness. I don't have to deal with the low price Ryan Palmer chalk again for the second straight week. Especially given the fact that he's won here before. My goodness, if they priced him at 7,500 again, I was going to lose my stuff. 
kidding. But they didn't do that. Six guys above 10K. I got Webb Simpson's price right. I thought they'd price him right around 11. I said they'd put Harris English second, given the fact that he's playing so good. No surprise to see Morikawa Neiman third. Maybe the surprise starts at Matsuyama. Why is he 10-2 versus Sung JM 9-8? I think you're going to create an ownership bubble there where people are just going to slide all of their Matsuyama shares of last week right to him again at a price that doesn't look that expensive in this field. Yeah, I th- I, luckily Sanjay isn't like 92 or like 94. We'd really have like heavy ownership. I think it's he's expensive enough where he, look, I definitely expect, uh, you know, Matsuyama to be the lowest owned of him, Berger, and him. But yep, um, thankfully, it's only a $400 difference and it's not like a $1,000 difference because that would have been, you know, you would have got like 35% Sanjay M. So um, people still want to pay up for Webb, get some, you know, Neiman exposure. Uh, but I expect Sanjay to be to be a popular target. He's the guy who's sub ten, and I agree. I mean, they, they should really be flipped. Uh, I wish they were flipped sure. because then you know, we get be, be getting lower ownership on Sanjay. But we get fifteen percent um, again, yeah, something like that. Yep. Exactly right. So you know, whatever. I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. It's not going to get me off Sanjay. M. Uh, it's not going to get me on Hideki either because he's never really like he's he's been okay. I mean, I guess this could be the spot, but I just don't really see it, quite frankly. And he played so poorly last week that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll wait on Hideki Del Phoenix or something like that when he starts to play better, uh, when he likes it there in the desert. So I think Berger could be, uh, hopefully he'll, he'll come in a little bit under Sanjay and, you know, starting lineups with like Berger Sanjay, it's gonna be pretty interesting to me, but, I, um, you know, as far as the, 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 the salaries goes, I, I like it. You know, they priced up a couple guys. It'll probably make some good for some good ownership on a guy like English who you know, maybe we'll just get the, you know, Oh, this guy won last week. You can't win two weeks. Not winning again. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yep. So uh, I'll probably be taking advantage of that. and um, But otherwise, I, I agree 100%. Thank God they priced up Ryan Palmer, so I don't have to play. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, if you want to play a guy that played well on Sunday, and it's not Hideki Matsuyama, I would recommend or advise you to go to a guy that shot 18 under par for the last three rounds. Not the last four, the last three rounds. It's Sebastian Munoz coming in at 7,800, uh, 7, Jeff. I, he showed me enough in the last three rounds to play him. I think he's presents one of the best values on the slate. Again, it's just super early that we're looking at this, but given that he shot 18 out of the last three rounds, given the fact that he gets hot, we've seen him play pretty good golf. I think Munoz at 7,800 right now is best value on the slate. He's a good bird. He's a good birdie producer too. Um, you know, when he gets going, he'll, he'll, you know, he might make a couple more bogeys than like, uh, you know, the, the guys in hinge range, but he'll, he'll make more birdies. He's just a better DraftKings play for the most part. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, people might be off him a little bit too, just cause you know, maybe that, that 75 is sticking out in their minds for whatever, but that, that's a player in that range. I don't mind. I don't, I don't hate Grillo in there, but I think Munoz probably slightly better play. I think the upside's better. Um, I think a similar type of play, although I, I definitely Munoz is better value. Abraham answer ended last, last week with a 66, he did. Yeah. like three strokes on approach. You look at where Abraham answers almost one Hilton head TPC stadium at the, the American express. This is it, man. This just fits right in there. Right. The Sony open. If he, if he comes back and starts and keeps hitting his irons like that, he'll, he'll be there. He will be there. And I think that you look at that ownership level, you got Smith M just above him. You got Scott Kisner, Hanley, Horschel, ZJ answer is in, in a great spot for, for a lower ownership week. Like you, you're probably going to get him at like 10, maybe even sub 10%, which I love. So that's going to be my big GPP pivot. I almost guarantee, obviously it's Monday, but uh, I, I, I will probably be overweight to answer just for that reason. Love the Munoz call down there. Uh, I'll probably take a look at Siwoo in that same range, but mm. Munoz for me, I'm not ready to play Mark Leishman yet. I don't care that he would look a little bit better yet. Uh, I'm still, still going to wait on Mark Leishman. I, I, I like Munoz in that range too. <laughs> A little bit of a head scratcher for me. Granted, I know he had, you know, three top 20s in those last four events over the fall swing, but at $7,400, Matthew Neesmith, uh, again, this is kind of like a questionable pricing rather than, hey, look at yeah. this guy. But just kind of stuck out at me as I kind of scrolled. I'm like, oh, Ches Reavy, Russell Knox, that makes sense. Mackenzie Hughes, 7500 that makes sense. Carlos Ortiz even coming out for bad week at 7500 actually seemed kind of low. I don't mind the value for Carlos Ortiz. But Matthew Nismith was the one that stuck out like, ah, I'm not sure that he's priced correctly here. It's it's pretty close. You could definitely make a case for him. And look, I'm a, I'm a Nismith guy. I mean, I was on him in the fall. Um, I think he had one like really poor week with the putter and he, and he kind of crapped out, but his other weeks were great. Um, 
I think, and I don't think he'll still be Uber Chalk or anything because there's there's names below him, you know, Percy Sabatini, Sink, Stanley, guys like that. They'll they'll soak up some ownership. So I I don't mind this price, maybe like a little bit low, but I'll definitely be on him. I mean, just a fantastic iron player. Um, good setup for him again. He's accurate off the tee. Yeah, this is uh, this is go time again. If, if he brings any of that form over from last fall, this should be a great spot for him. So he's he was sticking out right in that range for me. Again, he has probably remember me talking about him a couple times uh, towards last fall. So I agree in that range. But I wouldn't be shocked if if the the veterans ended up like a Sabatini showed up and gained four strokes putting this week either. Though, like I, I think Rory is is actually a pretty probably the, the, the GPP play for me there, not, you know, Russell Knox has been so on and off. I'd rather play Neesmith. Piercy just kind of makes cuts. I think Sabatini's actually okay this week. And then uh, my boy, Kyle Stanley at 7,200. I'll be in on him this week. So we just talked about Kanaya, who you said you were interesting in, uh, interested in, and uh, I am as well. But do you think that $7,100 is a little too expensive for DraftKings on his first start? Probably. Um, I'm, Glad though. I'm glad he's up there. Um, yeah, because no one will want him now. No, exactly. He'll, so instead of being you know five percent owned, he'll be like one percent owned. Um, I, I again, this is a player I'm I'm just more bullish on for right now this week because of I know he's got the professional experience. He won in November, like he won a professional event like less than two months ago. Um, and, it, and again, it wasn't just like a regular like it, it was like the the sort of flagship event of the Japanese tour. So I think it, I think it's a really good sign. I'm I'm. Again, this is this is a amateur a guy who was big as an amateur, but he's already had a lot of pro experience. Yeah. So and good um, too, not just experience. He's been good. Exactly right. Exactly. It's not just gaining experience, like you know, faltering whatever. Just you know, faltering through failure. He's he's winning, right? So yep. I expect him to come out there uh, and potentially make some waves this week. Um, it wouldn't shock me. So uh, just looking at his range, CT Pan. I don't mind in these these type of events. He played good towards the end of last year. Actually, had really good Masters, didn't he? Yeah, T7 yes, at the Masters. So going to have some interest there as well for me in that range. I think that's the other name that sticks out. Uh, other than that, though, I, I would go down to, you know, I, I'd be ready to go down after after CT Pan and, and get to, well, it's more like our guy, Doug Gim. Yeah, I was just about to bring him up, Doug Gim, 6,900. Well, and then, Doug. you know, since we're yeah butting up against our hour here, I'll throw three more names at 6,600. Yeah, yeah, all that are plays for me that have been in the past that are way out of form may not be great fits for this course, but their price intrigues me. So 6,900, Doug Gim was the guy that he's made four straight cuts all in the top 25. Love that. The next regards, Keith Mitchell, Will Gordon, and Luke List. None of their games should translate here or none of would think. Are either of those three bombers, so to speak, in play for you this week? Or are we just waiting for a better spot for them? Maybe like the Desert Classic in two or three weeks. I think if I was or gonna next week, actually. One, yeah. I think if I was gonna play one, it'd probably be Luke List. Um, you know, the a little bit more veteran, got a little bit more experience playing uh venues like this. So I think he's more apt to just kind of get around it. Um I, I look, we couldn't have had a show without you mentioning Will Gordon. So thank God. I know. Come on. No, I, I I'll probably wait on Will Gordon. He is good. He's look, whenever he's down here though, he's like a kind of a, a poor man's version of Cam Champ, right? He just makes birdies, right? So he is yeah. worth bringing up whenever he's priced down here in this type of field. So um, I don't think he's a bad GPP player. I would probably rank them with Gordon Mitchell just because Keith Mitchell, like when is the last time? It's been a long it? time. It's yeah. been a long time. I'm, I, he's at the point where you just got to wait and see. So I would, I would probably rank them with Gordon Mitchell this week, but again, yeah, Will Gordon is is the type of player where, you know, when he's down at this range, you, you should uh, just keep an eye on him. Think about him. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I think we've covered pretty much everything uh, that we've wanted to here. Of course, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. I'm going to boost those likes up a little bit here with this next comment from Jeff, as I always do early on in the week. I even think maybe he got it right last week. I'm going to have to go watch the tapes because I think I forced a winner out of you, and you even mentioned – our guy Harris English, who ended up winning. So, yeah, I think you had somebody else first, and then you mentioned him as kind of like a darker horse. So, yeah, I'm gonna ask you to do it again here this week. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be somebody from Maui. You're gonna go along with this um, wavelength or this this trend, if you will, uh, and then I'll give you mine, and then we'll get on out of here. Yeah. So, I I, I can't I just Sanjay M to me. Just a player on the verge right now. I, I'm going to roll with him. I, I do feel like Berger 
could easily uh, just steal this if he gets his putter up. But I feel like Sung JM is, is due for another win here. Uh, Bermuda Greens, he can't putt as, as poorly as he did last week. So I'm, I'm going to roll with him. Um, my dark horse is, is – who is my dark horse? My dark horse is going to be Zach Johnson because I, I feel like Zach is going to win in, in 2021. So I'll go those two, but him definitely my main pick. Daniel Berger for me, um, if it's going to be a top-end guy, I think Berger looked like he was really close last week, but the putter kind of failed him. I don't think the putter will fail him two weeks in a row, so Daniel Berger 15-1. to uh, And Brendan Todd is going to be my dark horse this week. I think that he has gotten over his toe injury and is back ready to play this week. So those are our picks. We thank you again so much for joining us here on a Monday, the Sony Open. We've got a late start again. We're going to have about a noon, roughly noon lock time on Thursday. Uh, also, keep an eye on the Monday qualifiers. There was a super strong Monday qualifier field. Favorites of mine like Akshay Bhatia and Justin Sue were competing. So get maybe yeah, a couple Justin more good Sue. golfers. Yeah, coming in. So. Justin um, Sue makes it. That's not a bad bet. I'll just end by saying that. I would I like love that. that. I would I would obviously be way overweight if that ends up happening. But we should see both of them. Uh, Jeff, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sue has secured a sponsor invite to next week's Desert Classic, which is back stateside. So hopefully we'll get to see him then. Pretty sure I heard him say that. So until then, everybody, Desert Classic next week, same time, 3 o'clock next Monday. We will see you then. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.